We're back. We're back. With the Goblin Squad. It's Brooke. And Sarah. Hey. Hi. <laughs> We're back. We've made it to episode 10. 10. We're in double digits. We folks. did it. We did it. Also, when we said that, I realized I gasped. And I also have realized that I gasp a lot <laughs> in our podcast. So for all of you who are like, why is Sarah perpetually astonished? It's my default sound. Ten. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> I know in in editing, there's a lot of things I realize I say. Oh, yeah. Quite a bit where I'm like, say it again. <laughs> you know, it's like we can make a drinking game out of it. Our followers will appreciate that. <laughs> they also might. Get alcohol poisoning if we did that. <laughs> Unsponsored cider. Yes. Oh, so I think we should start with a couple shout outs. Right. Before we get into episode 10. Yeah. And let you know what we're talking about. We'd first like to do a huge shout out to Kate. Kate. On our last episode, Hippie House Plants. Just the plant bee. Yeah. Little claps. I'll get a soundboard. Yeah, <laughs> it's <good>. coming. <laughs> but yeah, first First interview, it went. She was fantastic. It was so fun. We had such yes. a great time. And if you want to like shout out a local person that you think we should interview, please do. Yes. Or like fellow goblins that you think we should connect with, because interviewing Kate was so fun. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I learned so much. I did when I was listening back to the raw track. I was like, and I learned that, and my cat yeah. is going to be tripping <laughs> on a spider plant. <laughs> <laughs> But then just all the ways to incorporate it into my own life, too. You were really just, rocked by the plant it, knowledge. It was hitting me. It was just like, we are houseplants, man. Yep. I need to get watered and be attended to. <laughs> I'm not getting any sun. Right? Yep. Seasonal depression. <laughs> it's it's dreary outside and oh, it's real. That's true. I'm, I'm ready for it to just go back to regular depression. Me too. <laughs> I want that good old summertime depression. <laughs> it has a different flair. It does. It does. Yes. Yeah. And uh, another big, big shout out to the Goblin Scouts. Oh, my God. You you all really came through for that challenge. Oh, yeah. And uh, I mean, I won't shout out your screen names here because we're sharing them on our accounts. But as you have posted like your responses to the Goblin Scout challenge to get the stickers, it has been so adorable. The videos. I mean, priceless priceless and it doesn't have to be a video by the way no no pressure and it doesn't have to be public either if you want to dm us or hit us up on the email yeah goblin squad podcast at gmail.com right which (laughs) i'll check more frequently yeah (laughs) because um i am gonna start putting an email list together yeah and our plan is to get out some goblin scout challenges on the regular yeah to to send you some goblin swag Mm-hmm. You know, maybe some goblin journal pages. <gasps> what? Some more stickers. What? Eventually, patches. Patches. I'm thinking Velcro. Say less because <laughs> <laughs> I am here for we a got patch. Pl- maybe iron on. <gasps> We're There's getting fancy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sarah is shocked once again. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. If if you don't want to do a big public post and tag us, yeah. DM us. Hit us up. You know, on the tim tans ig email Mm -hmm. and uh we just we'd love to see how you're getting your your goblin on yeah and some scouts have contacted us in dm yeah on facebook Mm -hmm. on the insta i mean all the platforms are legit yeah so 
we just it's it's cool to see that y'all are are listening and mm-hmm. and digging what we're doing and i feel like we're we're building our little community here it's and it's exciting and you're all great and weird and we love, love you all it's so good yes so good speaking of miss Anne marie genius <gasps> hey. let's talk about it hey marie <laughs> so we basically challenged artists to make a comic of us yes and boy did Anne marie deliver the best thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it's so good. And it's very accurate like to both of our both of our personalities. <laughs> where I mean, we'll we'll share it. Yes. Because I mean, I think we did share it, but we're gonna share it again. Yes. Because it's amazing. It's canon now. Oh, it's oh, it has to be. And yeah. so I'm never And I'm gonna, hoping it's the first of many. <laughs> I hope so too. I'm still I still have my fingers crossed that Kate is going to be added in as a person with a house plant for a head. Yes. Because that sounds amazing. Just a house plant with cute little glasses. Yep. Adorable. <laughs> and maybe so- a dog named Walter. Yes. <laughs> He's like a little mushroom oh or something. Oh, my God. All right. You, challenge yeah. has been issued. It's yes. in your court now. But, uh, yeah, Miss Miss Genius, she made us this lovely comic of me being sucked into another dimension <laughs> in a stick TP in the woods. <laughs> My favorite thing is that you're in the comic yelling, it's finally happening. And I, you can see the pure joy on my face. And I'm completely oblivious. And I'm, in the comic, I'm like, look at this beautiful specimen. You know? <laughs> and there's a little bird on your shoulder. It's it's perfect. It is perfect. It perfectly encapsulates the, the vibe. It really does. Yes. And, and our friend Laura, shout out. Laura. Again, uh, made us a lovely little vision board of the pod. It's so cute. Which is so great. And every time I look at it, I see a new thing. It's Me too. beautiful, like, visual collage of all the random one-liners from all of our episodes. Oh, yeah. And the one that makes me laugh every time is when I see the phrase, we are the world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, shout out Squatch Knockers episode. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you the haven't com- listened to that one, props to the Commodore. You would never know because of our mad editing skills. But a certain person didn't let us know that their headphones weren't working until about 40 minutes into the episode. It's like, why are we wearing these? I mean, they look really cool, but what's the point of that? Yes. Everyone sounds so muffled. Ah, <laughs> oh, he's such a good sport. Yes. Thank the... you for being our first co-host, Goblin, because it solved a lot of tech issues. Yes, which we've now uh, solved. Thank you to the magical people at Music Go Round I know. in Duluth. Coming through out, with the audio splitters. You <laughs> and shout out Joel yeah. for helping us solve all these tech issues. So, But it's like something we couldn't figure out. Six dollar problem. I mean, Solved. Come on. Boom. Easy. So mm-hmm. we're learning out here. <laughs> we appreciate you being along for the ride. Yeah. Thank you for that, being here. That is this pod. I know. And we love it. Yeah. So shall we get into it? Let's do it. What are we talking about this week? It's a specific topic. It's near and dear to my heart. <laughs> Midwest lycanthropy (laughs) so i'm gonna tell a really funny and kind of revealing story about myself oh hit me with it i've never i don't think i've ever told you this story (laughs) it's about my birth (laughs) (laughs) we're going back to the beginning (laughs) the origin (laughs) (laughs) so when i was born uh my mom tried to give me back to the to the nurse when she brought me in was like here's your baby and the nurse handed her handed her me 
And then my mom looked at me and was like, this is absolutely not my baby. <gasps> no. And gave me back. And the nurse was like, I am so sorry. And started to leave the room with me and then like looked at my little tag. It was like, no, no, this <laughs> Turns is a baby. So when I was born, I, this is, I'm, I'm not embarrassed by this now because I think it's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> apparently, I was covered with fur. No. Like my shoulders, my neck, my head, like black hair. And my skin was like blindingly white. So I looked like a freakish little wolf baby. And so she was like, nope. Absolutely not. This is not my child. And uh, apparently I stayed that way for a while. <laughs> and then it fell out? And then it fell out. Can I tell you a story? Uh-huh. I'm ready for it. I was too. No, you were not. <laughs> no. We're going to find out that's like a really common thing that happens to babies. Everybody's going to be like, yeah, all babies are hairy. My, just on my head, I looked you know, like the baby Zoolander? Oh, my when God. When he has the baby. The hair. <laughs> where it's like inches of jet black hair. Yeah. And it all fell out like two weeks later. Dang. And then I looked like Uncle Fester <laughs> because my eyes were this size on a small baby head. And you I was... <laughs> the most amazing eyeballs. <laughs> Big eyes. Yeah. So I was just all eyeballs. <laughs> But my baby picture, I remember going through it and I was like, yeah, that happens. Kids can be born with like full head of hair, excess hair, and then it like falls out. It's just like a weird thing. Both of us. That's so weird. Wolf babies. (laughs) (laughs) Or like changelings or something. That's a different episode. It is a werewolf. (laughs) It's a good segue (laughs) into our topic. So when we're talking werewolf here, I mean, like when we started research on this episode. Yes. There were a few specific cryptid-based legends, lores, whatever you want to call it, in our region that we were kind of interested in. But right away, my brain was like, all right, what do you know about lycanthropy? And I was like, all right, we have all the stereotypes, right? We know traditional, like, bitten by a werewolf, full moon, silver, the whole thing. We all know all that. Oh, yeah. It's pop culture fodder nowadays like it's very common uh we're not going to talk about the major movie franchises oh yeah and or some much better than others some are so bad so bad i just immediately (laughs) i know what you're thinking Uh, say it say it i'm thinking of a certain franchise called twilight that would be the one very specific (laughs) Bella, where the hell you been, Loka? <laughs> the world's worst movie line uttered by a werewolf. Oh, it hurts. And also, <sighs> they're all like, we're not werewolves. You know, they're not werewolves. All right, fine. Yeah. Well, the creatures we're going to talk about today may or may not be werewolves, too. Yes. So... We're going to stick to a few different legends. Uh, I, and I think you kind of ended up the same way. Yeah. Where I started out broad mm-hmm. and then immediately became hyper-focused on one specific yeah. tale because it is a rich lore. Oh, yeah. And uh, I happen to live in that same state. So I'm big into the Beast of Bray Road. Bum, bum. Which, <laughs> when I was in high school, early, no, middle school? Sometime in the school. <laughs> I, you know, quiet, 
nerdy kid, yeah. weird friends, read a lot of books. And I was like, I'm going to start a paranormal investigation society. Oh my God. <laughs> I <laughs> love so this. I had three ring binders. I had like a station on my <laughs> desk in like my my bad press board desk that everyone had. <laughs> the Goodwill. And I had like manila folders which will come up later today oh my god labeled like vampire sighting werewolves and i had them all organized and i was like in the microfiche at the library trying to find articles on my free time i was like i'm really into this now and (laughs) the beast of bray road was one of the monsters that i had in my file oh yeah so it's prominent it's it's prominent and now looking back on it i'm sure the article i had printed out was the notorious 1991 Linda Godfrey article. <laughs> because I was like doing the math and running the numbers. I would have been like, how old would I have been? Oh my God, it had to have been. So I can't wait to talk about <laughs> this one. Um, again, I love a werewolf story, right? Oh yeah. Love, love the lore. When, when we talk about the Beast of Bray Road... You're gonna hear my opinions. Yeah, <laughs> and there's different theories. There, there are, and yeah. actually, there's quite a few yeah. different theories, which is kind of interesting. Um, some are pretty good. Some are pretty good. <laughs> Did you read about Big Al? Oh God, no! I can't wait to tell <gasps> oh, you about Big Al. I'm excited. All right. So, uh, do you want to talk about the lore in general, like the things that are in common amongst these sightings? Because as far as the Beast of Bray Road goes, I mean, and the kind of areas that we both got into were uh, like, quote unquote, dogman yeah. sightings, which occur all over the United States. Oh, yeah. Especially yeah. at Midwest. I mean, you got yeah. Minnesota dogman, Michigan dogman, mm-hmm. which is pretty prominent. I mean, they have yeah. a whole legend surrounding that. But all of them kind of share some similar characteristics. Yeah. Um, which is why they all get lumped into lycanthropy or werewolf quote-unquote werewolf um and like in the in the instance of the beast of bray road no one ever i mean they call it a werewolf Mm -hmm. but no one ever says anything that suggests that it's like a person that turns into a wolf right um it's just like they don't have another way to explain what it is well it's just the nature of it being bipedal Mm -hmm. right it's walking on its hind legs, right. as it were. Which automatically like, you're like, oh my God. You're like, man, wolf. <laughs> like, <laughs> there it yeah. is. It's a man and a wolf. Yeah. Turn to page 394. <laughs> Alan Rickman. What Rip is it. the difference between Monkshood and Wolf Spain? <laughs> but, yes, yeah. yes. So. <laughs> So where exactly in your research, did you start right at, boom, 1991? Well, so I did a little bit more digging because, I mean, the Beast of Bray Road, I'll just get into it if you want. So the Beast of Bray Road is based in a very specific locale in southern Wisconsin. It's actually centered around the town of Elkhorn, which is not a super large community, but is actually pretty well known nationally because it was labeled the christmas card town yeah because they it is, commissioned those yeah, people yeah it's featured in some really well-known watercolor images they're very cute they're super cute and the they're town like itself Americana. is super yeah. adorable 
Um, and so the town is like very picturesque, mm-hmm. very classic Southern Wisconsin, Midwest town. Yeah. Everything around the town is farm fields. Corn predominantly is grown there. Dairy land. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's everything you're imagining Wisconsin looks like. That's what it looks yeah. like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of cheese curds. You know, it's like the usual <laughs> uh, wholesome fare. Uh, but there is a road that runs through Elkhorn that's about two miles long, referred mm-hmm. to as Bray Road. And the kind of like buzz about this creature really took off in the early 90s when an article was published by the one, the only, <laughs> Linda S. Godfrey. Uh, and it was published in the county paper. Mm-hmm. And so she wrote this article about two specific sightings of what was referred to as the beast. And Bray Road was attached to it because that's where it was seen. And um, in her article, she describes how there had been rumors around the town for a few years about these sightings, and she just went and gathered these eyewitness accounts. But after doing some research and reading through a variety of descriptions, apparently the oldest documented sighting of the Beast of Bray Road or something similar supposedly occurred in 1936. (laughs) Yes. What? Yes. So the the heart of the of the story and the sightings is late eighties, early nineties, which in no way surprises me. <laughs> uh because werewolves were big at the time. Oh yeah. Real big. Um There were some interesting films. Some very <laughs> very interesting films. Yeah. Um but yeah, apparently the oldest quote unquote sighting is the nineteen thirty six sighting. Uh, which was credited to a Mr. Mark Shackleman, Ooh. who apparently witnessed a creature digging up a burial mound that belonged to members of the indigenous community. Was, yeah. was it one of the effigy mounds I, I don't, that she speaks of? I believe it, yes. Because she has some theories around that as well. So she's got books, Miss Linda oh, Godfrey. Yeah. And rest in peace, Linda. Uh, I learned that she recently passed away in twenty, I believe, twenty twenty two. But she's got she's got several texts, uh, which again, I'm gonna make a Goodreads reading list for this episode. Yes. So, and I'll link it in the show notes. Um, so if you want to check out Linda's books or other texts related to werewolves in the Midwest, we will have those texts linked. Oh yeah. Um, I myself have not read Linda's full text. I have not either. So. Um, I watched some some interesting um, <coughs> William Shatner weird or what episodes. Oh no, <laughs> that she was heavily featured. In. <laughs> she, as with, and you'll notice some similarities here between uh, this episode and the Kensington Runestone <laughs> episode, in which the same characters seem to reappear over and over and over as the only expert slash witnesses, and uh, you'll see why. Um, I found her title that I was telling you about Ooh, earlier. Yes, her official title. So we we have some people who go by you know forensic geologists I and, even, and I don't even want to whatnot. Uh, <laughs> pa- paranormal phenomena expert. Ooh, Linda Godfrey. So fun fact: up until the Beast of Bray Road incident, she was not. Oh, and she became out of her interest in this incident a paranormal phenomenon expert would one say self-proclaimed i would 
I would maybe say yes, uh, because her book on this didn't mm. come out until 2003. Oh, okay. Yeah, so okay. she took some time, wrote some stuff, did some research, and then published uh, La- Latte Doctorate situation. I, I believe so, <laughs> in a back room, unofficial, <laughs> honorary Latte Doctorate. Yes. <laughs> no, no hate to Linda. <laughs> no. I, I think actually she's pretty adorable. Yes. Um, so... The Beast of Bray Road, I want to start by saying this is what people say it looks like. And I have mashed together all of the things. Yeah. So I'm just going to read them all out. Some of them might be contradictory, but that's the point. Yep. It is a canine-like figure. Mm -hmm. It moves on either two limbs or four limbs. It has glowing orange slash red eyes. Unusual tracks that look canid but are not quite canid. Hairy pointy ears. Mm -hmm. It has uh, fast and powerful legs. I heard that. Thick. Thick. With two C's, if you know what I mean. (laughs) Once again, heavily muscled, which everyone seems to know. skipping leg day. (laughs) No. No. Jacked. Yes. Uh, And the hair color ranges from black to brown to silver and also is described as matted long mm-hmm. thick yeah uh, and uh, easy to see some people say it stands seven feet tall some people say it's the size of an average man <laughs> also some people say it appears to have knees and elbows like a human being um so that is kind of the overall description and so when you put that all together and you take a big step back they're describing a cinematic werewolf yeah um that's that's what they're describing in different stages perhaps <laughs> different stages yep of metamorphosis yes um it also has a very specific set of behaviors mm. that people mentioned now for the most part these sightings have all been pretty uneventful they have mm. seen the beast it has seen them and it runs away with the exception of one sighting uh in which it attacked the vehicle of a person, and I was so excited about this firsthand description, I have it verbatim in my notes. Oh, is it uh, Mr. Steven Kruger? It's not Steven <gasps> Kruger. Is there a second? Oh, yeah. Oh, there's two? That's yeah. right. So I have uh, the one in my notes is the one from quote-unquote Pat, who is the high school student who went under a different name to hide their identity. Oh, no, this dude was talking about it all over the news and everything. So hit me with yours and then I'll I'll hit you with mine. Um, So the backstory here is that in 1991, Linda heard rumors throughout the county in which Mm. Elkhorn resides. There had been sightings of this uh, quote unquote beast around the Bray Road area. So she went to Elkhorn, started interviewing people to try to gather the data, and Mm -hmm. ended up publishing an article in which she had two eyewitness accounts. One from a woman who at the time went as Barbara, who we shall call Babs. Babs. Love it. (laughs) And another witness who went under the pseudonym Pat. But uh, what we do know about Pat is that Pat was a high school student. Mm. And um, so Barbara was the OG like witness that Linda interviewed. Um, What we knew about Barbara at the time and has since she has come forward with her real name. Her real name is Lori. She seems like a nice lady. (laughs) Um, 
of all the names. <laughs> you I'm, went with I want to go with Babs. Babs. <laughs> um, so Babs was a local tavern keeper. Okay. Um, Love who that. Who said <laughs> right? Who said as she was driving on the road, she witnessed the Bray Road Beast for about forty-five seconds. That's a was, long time. Right? And I think about all the times I've seen like a wild animal. It's like split seconds. Oh, yeah. You know, it's you like see two a mountain lion seconds. or something. It's like three yeah. seconds max. Most, like, oh. <laughs> most recent large animal encounter was this last, oh boy, lost track of time, fall season mm-hmm. when we drove up uh, into northern Minnesota and encountered two moose oh, God. on the side of the road. And they weren't on the road. They were on the side of the road. <laughs> They saw us, we saw them, they panicked and took off, and the whole encounter was less than five seconds. So 45 seconds. 45 seconds. And she ingrained into your brain. Yeah. And she she claims she looked at it, it looked at her, it seemed completely unconcerned. She could see all of its features, including that it had pointy ears, it had fur, it had glowing eyes, which she says was probably the reflection from her headlights. Okay. And it was eating, it was kneeling, and she very specifically was like, I noticed that it was kneeling, which she thought was incredibly strange, because it was kneeling like a human being, right? and holding roadkill with its, quote-unquote, arms bent at the elbows, like it was holding a freaking sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> and it was it was gnawing on this roadkill, right? So she's yes. like describing this. Um, she also says that it was the size of an average man... Five foot seven, maybe a hundred fifty pounds. <laughs> Seems ultra specific. The average Wisconsin, <laughs> right? I was like, hmm, right. Um, so then, uh, it had a big long nose and a long chin, like this on this picture. And ap- apparently, she had a library book uh, with a drawing of a werewolf in it, ah. and showed that to Linda. And she said, "This is exactly what I saw. This is it. This is what it looked like." This happened to me, and she claims it happened to her two years prior to the interview. So in 1989 oh. was when she actually claims she saw it. Okay. And she kept her mouth shut because she didn't want to be judged until oh, yeah. in 1991 uh, a sighting was reported by a local high schooler. And this is my favorite eyewitness account. Oh, I'm excited. It's kind of long, so oh, bear with me. I'm ready. I'm going to read this verbatim from Linda's article, which is a quote from quote-unquote pat okay. uh the high school student who encountered the bray road beast bray road beast there we go it is hard it is hard the beast bray road i keep saying like bay ridge in my head <laughs> it gets a little it gets a little rough after yeah. a while um, bray road bray road red leather yes <laughs> it's one of those it is one of those yeah. right. um so pat the high school student encountered and this is my favorite part It was October this year, 1991, on Halloween. Just the first sentence. Right. It was twilight. (laughs) It was dusk. There was a pink moon. The sun was going down. The moon was rising. This is not part of it. This is not verbatim. Back to verbatim. I was going down Bray Road, and it was kind of smoggy out, and my front tire got lifted off the ground. Oh, my God. I'd hit something. So I kept going about 50 or 60 feet right before Sittler Road. Then I got out of the car. I'm looking around the side to see what it was because I'm thinking I hit a small animal. I hit a bird that same night. So I'm thinking I just killed another animal. <laughs> like, what's happening? There was nothing on the road. No blood or anything. I didn't see anybody. And I felt like if I hit it, it should have stayed there. 
I walked to the end of the car and here comes this thing and it's just running up to me. You could see the chest of this thing because it was big and it was hairy. It was fast, that's for sure, because I see this thing. I get in the car. By the time I got inside the car, the thing had grabbed hold of the car. I just put my foot on the gas pedal and I started going. Maybe after I got going, I looked back. But at the time, I was more interested in leaving. (laughs) The way it was running, you could suggest that it was on two legs because you could see the chest so well. And it was pulsating as it was coming toward me. I was like, girl, what were you doing on Bray Road? (laughs) Right? (laughs) Aside from just hitting birds. What were you doing? (laughs) It was bigger. Wait a minute. I jumped a whole line because I was so excited. (laughs) It was hitting the ground hard. I've never seen a human run as fast as that. And my uncle was a track star. (laughs) He was a track star. (laughs) If he'd gotten me, I probably would have been dinner that night. It was bigger than any dog I've seen around here. We had a couple of Rottweilers and we had one that was real big. And this thing was bigger than he was. And he had more hair. It was brown. You could see the hair. Dark colored. It wasn't black, though. Long, straight hairs. Coyotes don't get that big. I've seen a coyote. They were suggesting it was a black bear at my house, but I told them it wasn't that big. Pause for effect. <laughs> that sounds horrifying. Right? And this is where I, I just really love this part of it. <laughs> but it was bigger than any animal I've ever seen around here. When the nails hit my car, it was like, oomph. She clapped her hands together forcefully. Says that in parentheses. It's like an Archie's comic. <laughs> Egad! Thwack! <laughs> it hit the top of the trunk and it slid off. The fog made the car wet. But when it was going down, it scratched the car. This did not look like a German shepherd. Why? Why are we talking about a German? All right. German shepherd. So she did all the things it was not. I know. I swear to that. <laughs> I went to go pick up my mother's boyfriend's daughter. And on the way back, she saw it kneeling down, eating or something. She's 11. And I picked her up from trick-or-treating. So it was around 9 p.m. She said, look at that thing. And I said, (laughs) yeah, look at it. And I pressed on the gas. The mind tends to Very cavalier. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. look at it. (laughs) (laughs) The 11-year-old's like, Jesus, (laughs) let's get out of here. The mind tends to play tricks on people after you've been scared. And I admit I was afraid. I'm not going to say it was a werewolf. I'd say it was a freak of nature, one of God's mistakes. Oh, my God. It's weird because you don't think something like that exists. But if you see a creature like that, it tends to leave the mind wondering. My God. End scene. Um, That was verbatim. Verbatim. What what a high school kid said. A high school kid. So here's the funny story. I was like, are they interested in playwriting? I know. I was like, who are you? You're talented. The alliteration. (laughs) (laughs) One of God's mistakes. I know. Damn, kid. You've seen some dark times. <laughs> right? Whew. So I was like, that seems ultra specific. But yeah. also, look at that thing. Yeah, look at it. Because <laughs> when um, Pat, quote unquote, yeah, Pat, yeah. was interviewed about this, it was very close after it happened. Yep, same right? year. Okay. Same year. Um, and then Babs came out and was like, Babs me too. Babs was like, yep, hey, I only, the only reason I was quiet is because I was worried people were going to ridicule me like Pat. Yeah. So here's the funny story. I mean, that that interview, that article that came out in 91 uh, became this like huge sensation yeah. nationally, like national news outlets picked up the story. 
um, the National Enquirer heard about it and oh, sent a staff photographer and paid Linda Godfrey to stake out Bray, Bray Road oh, with this photographer. That's kind of dope. Yeah. And I was like, <laughs> hell yeah, Linda, get it. Um, Her so, job sounds amazing. Doesn't it? I'm like, oh, shit. How do Where I do get I sign up? Yeah. How do I get this? I want to find Bat Boy. <laughs> <laughs> I need a swamp creature. Um, <laughs> yes. So uh, she did this, and National Enquirer ran a story. Um, but apparently at the time, it was like, and, you know, nowadays in good old 20, uh, <laughs> we're real used to fake headlines. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's kind of our life now. Uh, but at the time, apparently, it was a big controversy because there were a lot of headlines being run about the Clintons. And so um. there were a lot of news organizations that were coming out and saying, you have to make sure you're not reading a tabloid versus a real news outlet. Um. And so um, PBS jumped on this bandwagon and... I didn't find this interview until almost the end of my research. Oh, okay. Because I was like, what is this deal with Pat? You know, cause, and of course, because it's a high school kid, no one's ever going to like track this person down, right. right? And it appears that Pat has never come forward post this interview saying, oh, I'm Pat. Right. I said this stuff. Um, because it was October on a Halloween night. So, you know. Right. So as it turns out, um, in 92... Reporter Art Hackett, who is a legitimate reporter for PBS NewsHour. Like, His name is fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> and so they were doing like, he, they sent him out to do an in the field segment to kind of follow up on this whole National Enquirer headline. Like, go find witnesses, try to track these people yeah. down. Find Pat. He, <laughs> he never found Pat, but he did find Babs. Oh, okay. And he got that glorious video footage of Babs at the grill at the tavern. Yes. Flipping burgers and just saying like, I saw this thing, man. And I didn't want to talk about it because people were going to judge me. Yeah. So here's the best part. Um, he found a man named Jeff Hubbard who lives near Bray Road, who has not in any of my research been mentioned. And he interviews Jeff and Jeff's like, yeah, so you're out here because of that high school girl, right? And he was like, yeah. She's like, yeah, on Halloween, she hit and killed my cat <gasps> on the road in front of my house and then made up a giant story about no. a werewolf to justify, like, taking off after she killed my cat. Damn it, Pat. <laughs> and I was like, Pat. How could you? Not the cat. And then I was like, how did she make the scratches on her car? Did she like key her own car? Like what? <gasps> so this guy was like, yeah, this girl accidentally killed my cat in front of my house and like got out of her car and was really upset. And that interview is the only interview I've ever seen Jeff Hubbard in. Ever. Like he's not mentioned anywhere else. Nobody it's went and talked to him. The lore. Right? Because, huh. and, and then like, I was like, yeah, she specifically says her tire lifted up and she thought she hit something. No, no, she did. I wonder if it had been like maybe not in the mainstream but local lore. Mm -hmm. So she knows like okay, there's talk about some stuff going on on Bray Road. Yeah, I hit a thing. What can I be to ju you know yeah. justify a little damage on the car and yep. then like a dead animal yeah. or something? High school Obviously student. a werewolf. I mean, for sure these scratches came from a werewolf. Well, and it's just the the descriptiveness of God's the writing. Mistake. <laughs> I know. Like it's just so whoa, like. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That doesn't sound like a first-hand account. It sounds like I mean, a reimagining, like was, a movie based on a true story. <laughs> I was pretty full of myself in high school, and I wrote some poetry, and uh, none of Me my too. poetry sounded that great. <laughs> right. I'm like, I'm like, damn, Pat. <laughs> Come on, Pat. How long did it take you to write those prose? Um, 
Shout so, out to that guy's cat. That's know, so sad. Like, oh my God, kitten. Damn it, Pat. Yeah. So Jeff kind of debunked the whole Pat thing for me. Mm. Um, but also in that same Art Hackett interview in 92, uh, he found the neighbor of Jeff Hubbard, who happens to be named Scott Bray. So, you know, in, in classic Midwestern fashion, a lot of farm roads are named after the families whose farms were there first. Yes. So Scott Bray is probably a member of the original yeah. family that farmed The dude Bray to talk wrote, to. Right? <laughs> yeah. So he claims in 1989, he saw on a rock pile on his property an unusual animal with a long coat, a strange gait, and rough fur that mm. left an incredibly large footprint. And so he right away is like, nope, nope, I've seen it. It's yeah. not made up. I've seen it. Um, Babs reappears in that interview as well. Mm -hmm. Still doesn't give her real name in the 92 interview. Yeah. Has since, uh, has since come out as Babs. So she says she was the original witness that gave Linda the description for Linda's beloved and notorious illustration, <laughs> <laughs> which I have in my notes because it which is, we'll post. We are absolutely posting oh, this yes. because it's a masterpiece. Um, it's fantastic. <laughs> my favorite thing about this illustration is that the beast in this illustration is clearly chomping on a dead raccoon. <laughs> uh, it seems very specific roadkill. Instead of just yes. being like a dead thing, it's definitely a dead yeah. raccoon, <laughs> yeah. which... I don't see Babs mentioning anywhere. Uh, so I just love that Linda kind of spiced it up. Oh, yeah. Um, there's also a full moon drawn in the illustration. Oh, yeah. With the dark night sky. With the dark night sky. <laughs> yep. It's so good. Um, and also in this same 92 interview done by Art Hackett, he interviews a uh, DNR game warden from the area named Mr. Bob Bramer. Mm. And Bob is trying his best to keep it together in this interview. He's, he's, he's got a smirk on his face uh the whole time and mm. he's like uh yeah i'm sure sure they saw something uh mm. no nobody nobody knows what it could be but it's <laughs> no no animal i've ever seen lives here for sure nope not a thing so he's trying to be nice yeah. you know but like humor them a little he's really struggling with this so i think the overwhelming like public opinion outside of the areas that this is a really fun story uh, but there are some hardcore locals who throughout the years have been like no no it's real like oh we've yeah. seen it uh and then in recent years like the last five years there's been a big resurgence and people mm -hmm. going to bray road to check it out and uh like people who have listened to this show know that i like josh gates i think that his yeah. work is really good um, and he is mostly known for exploration and, mm -hmm. and looking for like ancient mysteries and historical stuff, but he actually got his start doing paranormal stuff, which was not his jam. Right. Yeah. And, uh, I have heard, we went to a speaking gig of his in, in the twin cities and he had like a question answer at the end. And yeah. he, there were a lot of kids in the audience who just like love him and he was so kind to them and they would come up and ask like, what's the scariest paranormal thing you've ever seen? And he's like, I'm just going to level with you. Like, I'm a hardcore skeptic. Yeah. He was like, none of the investigations I ever did led to any substantial evidence. He's like, except for one. Oh. Which uh, we won't cover in this Goblin Squad episode, but it is the haunted forest in Romania. 
okay, which we will fair. <laughs> yeah, which we will cover. Um, and I have seen part of that episode, and it's legitimately terrifying. So I want to go there. I know yeah. nothing about it, but it well, sounds and s- spoilers. Intriguing. His his crew and cameraman that was working with him on that episode will not would not finish the episode. Oh, because they were so just like, terrified, skied. terrified. Oh. And he said in our in the speaking engagement we were at, he was like, that was the only episode um, of that particular show because he's done two kind of quote unquote paranormal shows. Okay. This was his first show. Um, he said, that's the only time during any of our investigations where I truly felt like something was beyond my understanding. Just full heaps. Yep. Just, and, nope. And he was like, in the other episodes, we interviewed tons of people, just like the Spray Road thing. Yeah. And he was like, I, I respected the people, mm-hmm. you know, and did I uh, did I listen to their stories? Yes, absolutely. Did I think that what they saw was a monster unknown to science? No. Right. So in this circumstance, um, he actually went to Bray Road uh, for a show that kind of became more popular during the pandemic mm-hmm. called Expedition X, which was yep. the paranormal division of his show. Yep. And... Uh, so I watched those two episodes, season three, episode one and two. Mm-hmm. And I kind of liked that because it was a fresher, more recent take on it. Um, plus the most recent, quote unquote, photographic evidence, which <laughs> is questionable. <sighs> y'all, y'all. <laughs> best. This, so this photo is brought up in the Expedition X episode because they're like, ooh, it's intriguing. And on is, this, it? <laughs> is it though? On this show, they have a very similar dynamic where they have like one hardcore scientist and one paranormal investigator, you know, who is like, I believe everything. The ectoplasm. <laughs> Did you see it? Oh, yep. That's that's what's going on there, too. Yes. So um, that most recent, quote unquote, photographic evidence uh, occurred in 2018. Yeah, that's so. That's and there recent. was a documented sighting in 2020. Uh, yep. There have been, as far as I know, no documented sightings since 2020. But I don't know if that's true. Yeah, not not that I saw. That 2020 was the last one. Yeah. So, again, the Beast of Bray Road. <laughs> y'all know me. You know me, right? <laughs> um, couple things. Uh, thing one, it has a, a very specific set of behaviors. Yeah. So uh, I want to hear about that second encounter yeah. because out of all the encounters I read, only Pat's description mentioned physical contact. This one. All right. I want to hear this one. I think okay. I know which one this is, though. This is the truck one, isn't it? Yes. This is the uh, the repo man. No. Well, for tow the truck. A- this, he actually worked for the dnr did he now yes the local dnr um and avid hunter okay <laughs> uh steven krueger El- in elkhorn uh-huh. uh where he picked up deer carcasses and like roadkill yes. and stuff in the, the back of, of the, the truck okay yep. I'm, I'm flashing back now flashing back yes so on the night of november 8th 2006 so again around halloween, halloween. yeah mm. around the same same Spooky type times okay um, he's doing his pickups, you know, picking up deer and stuff. He comes across something else, like an 80-pound doe, you know, that wasn't on his list. 
mm-hmm. his scheduled thing. So he he stops to to check it, check it out. He has his little trailer, tosses it in the back of the truck, goes back in the cab to fill out the paperwork to tag it properly. Mm-hmm. Suddenly, oh god, Steve feels the truck shiver. Mm. Right, he thought it was the wind. You know, he's just like, oh, you know, windy, whatever. And then it shook again, harder oh. this time. He looks in the rear view mirror and sees something climbing into the bed of his truck. <laughs> I would lose my absolute oh my crap. <laughs> if I looked in my mirror and saw anything, I would I would lose my crap. The middle of the night, you're alone. No. You have basically bait Absolutely in the back not. of your truck. I would have a weapon. I would have something probably already have holy water on me it's just standard operating procedure the power of rice compels oh you know it's a family trait keep that around for good measure so he sees it from a little below the shoulders up like climbing into the back um reaching in after the dough uh my boy steve described what looks like a large wolf head on top of a husky furry body damn like almost like a like a man's torso, yeah. but like obviously standing up, reaching in, okay. in the bed. Um, something he had never seen before. Okay, fair. You know, works for the DNR. Be like, whoa, picking up hella carcasses. Yeah, hunts. Yeah. You know, is used to Wisconsin wildlife. Um, he's seen bear, wolves, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. So as he watches the creature stands up, oh my god, fully like a man. He described six and a half to seven feet tall. See, and he's looking at this in the review mirror. Oh my just god! Like, stunned in horror, oh, I imagine. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's when you just like involuntarily pee your pants. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what does he do? What anyone would? He throws the truck in drive the and gas. pieces out. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. thinking thinking he's safe. Yeah. He then hears metal what? hitting the ground, which is the ramp. He has for loading stuff up, oh. hitting the pavement. Oh, no. The animal, creature, whatever it was, somehow has pulled the dough and the ramp off of his truck. Oh, my God. He turns around to go back. He needs the ramp for other things he has to pick up. He's like, okay, now you've taken my equipment. <laughs> I mean, the, the line has been crossed. Yes. When he does, the deer and ramp are gone. What? Like off the side, mm-hmm. realizing how how big and strong this thing had to be, he leaves to go find the police. Right, okay. he's like, I don't immediately see my ramp. I'm not going in the woods now. Okay, that's the most legitimate response yeah. that we have ever come across yeah. to a terrifying potential cryptid. Right, it's not. I chased the Sam Squanch with the rippling back <laughs> muscles into the forest. Right. Or like, I look at that thing. Yeah, look at it. You know, like that's... We watched it in a canoe for three hours. <laughs> yeah. Like, I, no. It had me stranded out here. No, son. Yeah. So, I took off to find the cops because right. something stole my ramp and it was terrifying. Perfect, legitimate response. <laughs> yeah, seems legit. So he goes to the police. He tells them everything and supposedly... Uh, tells them everything surprisingly the cops they're they're not shook they've heard this story before the beast of bray road has been sighted hundreds of times you know yeah in in this area they take him seriously and sent out two squads to go look for it like two squad cars yeah they come up empty don't find his ramp what uh was it a werewolf i mean (laughs) deformed bear (laughs) a hybrid 
Yeah. Wow. And this dude, DNR, to this day. Right. Who knows? And did he publish any kind of a book or not, anything? Not that I saw. I did see him on a couple local, but also fun William Shatner <laughs> type I mean, shows. Like you do. Which also featured uh, Linda. You know, our our favorite paranormal phenomena expert. Every show, interview, or special I found about the Beast of Bray Road featured Linda Yeah, when it was after 1991. Did you um, come across any of her theories so, on what, what the Beast might be or where it might come from? No, no but here's what, here's some of the theories I did come across uh, and a couple statements people made about the beast that come up over and over and over. Um, first of all, always they describe it as some kind of canine like thing. Yeah. Right. Then there's a lot of speculation about whether or not it is a quote unquote mutation. I saw that hybrid, like you mentioned deformity, mm-hmm. um, or Me- any evolution. <laughs> right. Next like step. it's some kind of mixture. Um, which I feel some type of way about because, <laughs> I mean, if you dig into the history of like mutation <laughs> and how how time and evolution works, uh, this it, it no, it's <laughs> it's not a hybrid mutation. It's not a thing. wolf that's learned to walk bipedal. And uh, no, no. Uh, <laughs> I because it mixed so. with two different species of wolves. Uh, right, right. So also, for our listeners that are not from the Midwest, mm. uh, there are certain groups of animals that you can 100% expect in the Midwest, right? Some who are more likely than others. But in this particular area of Wisconsin, um, there are some animals that are guaranteed, right? There are yeah. going to be white-tailed deer mm-hmm. everywhere. Oh, yeah. Hundreds of them, if not thousands of them. Uh, also, that's far enough south in Wisconsin where there are elk. Mm-hmm. There are also black bear, coyotes, and legitimate evidence of gray wolf population. Yep. Um, also, bobcat, yep. red fox, gray fox, uh, and probably the occasional mountain lion. I've seen them in Wisconsin. Yep, and there are documented cases of mountain lion in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. So those are all animals that you would fully expect yeah. some more than others to run into. Mm-hmm. I've lived in the Midwest my entire life. I have seen a wolf one time. Me too. One, one time. time. Um, and it I, did not look that scary. It looked no. kind of sickly. <laughs> yeah. And the, I mean, I didn't get out of my car. <laughs> yeah. And the wolf I saw, uh, I had no idea it was there oh. until it made its presence known by just stepping out in front mm-hmm. of us. Uh, onto the road and then i was like oh (laughs) wow (laughs) hi and i was not in a vehicle at the time oh god Uh, and it was about 50 feet away and i was like holy crap and at 50 feet away i was astonished by how large it was and i knew immediately that it was not a coyote um Mm -hmm. i've seen a lot of coyote coyotes are like they're not big 45 50 pounds they're little not that big no they're the size of foxy yeah literally (laughs) like the same size so you know, these are all things I would expect. A giant bipedal mutation? No. Um, <laughs> some people suggested it might be a bison that escaped from a bison farm, which okay. I never even thought about. Sure, that. Th- one of my coworkers has a bison farm. Yeah, there are a bison farm They're all around. over. Yep. 
Um, oh, also, that could totally be what it is. Yeah. I never even thought about that. Yeah. And some people suggested also that it might have been Big Al, who happened to be a bighorn sheep that had escaped <laughs> from someone's farm slash roadside zoo. And, as, and the article said, raised havoc throughout the area until he met his untimely demise on a local highway. Oh, my God. Poor Big Al. Okay. Well, we've obviously discovered since the Commodore's story. Yeah. Sheep are... You know, everywhere they're romping around in the woods. In the woods, they're escaping. Now, a bighorn sheep would be especially astonishing because oh. they don't have any business being out here. No, uh, they're not from here, no. and they're not very common on farms out here either. So, I mean, Big Al, rest in peace. But uh, people thought maybe it was Big Al. That, I and I, I like was these like theories yeah. between and that like, and the, the horns, the eating of the raccoon. <laughs> right. What was yeah, Big Al I'm doing with a raccoon? Yeah. So, uh, maybe rabid? May, maybe. Oh my God, a rabid horned sheep. Which <laughs> that would be terrible. Again, rabies. It's a complicated thing. Yeah. More common in southern Wisconsin than mm. here for a couple of different reasons. Also, the I think, I don't know how many survivors of rabies there are now, but the OG survivor of rabies came out of Wisconsin oh. because uh, she survived being bit by a rabid bat. So it's a fascinating true story if you ever have a chance to look up uh, rabies survivors because up until this one woman survived, it was not survivable. Damn. Um, but she survived thanks to the quick thinking of her doctor. Hell yeah. Um, but yeah, Wisconsin, again, which... So much going on. Through my reading, as it turns out, is the most paranormal state yeah, in the union. <laughs> we we got some tours to go on. I know. Sure. I'm going to get a big map. I'm going to hang it up in this room. For We're going to start putting pins on it. Oh, my God. Yes. With string. With the red string. <laughs> oh, it's happening. We have to do this. I feel like we have to. But it's like between cryptids, hauntings, just oh, like yeah. weird places. We're going to have to take a general. month off. Oh, my God. Drive around. And just have like a road trip Wisconsin. Because Wisconsin's huge. It's quite large. It takes a long time to drive across. Right? <laughs> if we were going to drive from where the Goblin Squad is based to Elkhorn, it's a five and a half hour drive. Yeah. One way. So we could do it. Oh yeah, um, and we, we will. <laughs> oh <do> yeah, <laughs> I want to go to this road. But again, we're gonna have to map out what else we need to see on the yes. way because we're gonna be missing all kinds of stuff if we just go oh, right sure. to Elkhorn. Well, one of uh, speaking of interesting places, yeah, in Wisconsin, one of my favorite theories of Miss Linda's was that her theory that the beast is an other dim- other dimensional manifestation. That crosses back and forth from the spirit world what? using ancient Native American religious sites as portals. Oh. Because in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. there are more effigy mounds than anywhere else in the world, oh. which are man-made piles of earth in the shapes of animals, and most sightings of the Bray Road Beast have taken place in or around these effigy mounds. And creatures in the mounds, like the hot spots for them, correspond with mounds with long tails. Really? Yeah. I can't really cast shade on that because I don't have any data on interdimensional species. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's where I'm like, very fun theory. That's a pretty great theory. And it's also bulletproof, if you get my meaning. Right. <laughs> Prove it wrong. <laughs> Silver bullet that bitch. Yeah. 
<laughs> but but interesting that all of this corresponds with these effigy mounds. That is very interesting, actually. And that Wisconsin is just deep with all this, you know, ancient history surrounding that. Mm-hmm. And at the same time has all this weird cryptid stuff, weird haunting stuff, weird paranormal stuff where it's yeah. like... What's going on here? Coincidence? I don't know, man. IDK. <laughs> but but interesting nonetheless. Very interesting. Yeah. Oh, so Linda. That was one of my favorite the little, little bits of her. She's oh. like, they're coming from another dimension. Uh, the, which, I mean, again, hard to argue with that. Right. Yeah. Prove me wrong. <laughs> Prove me wrong. Yeah. So that... that um, makes me want to dig more into Mr. Mark Shackleman's supposed eyewitness account in 1936 mm. uh, because there's not a lot of information available re- related to that sighting. Um, I will link in the show notes the article because I only found one article that talked about Mark Shackleman specifically. Mm-hmm. I saw constant reference to the 1936 sighting. But of course, that opens the whole story up to a whole bunch of other questions you know like if this quote-unquote animal or creature was sighted at the earliest 1936 like what are we dealing with here you know like are we dealing with a physical being that there's more than one of that Mm -hmm. you know either has reproduced and there's more Mm -hmm. are we dealing with something that's not physical in nature that is spiritual in nature or spirit in nature yeah you know like what what are we dealing with here yeah um so i will link that article it's called the legend of the beast of bray road and it was published in october 2020 uh, in milwaukee magazine and so i can link that article there's not a lot of detail but it is a specific reference and it talks about where mark shackleman saw this beast um so that's the only kind of specific reference I saw to that super early sighting. Um, but if you fast forward through the 90s, right? Mm-hmm. So this all occurs with Linda and Mr. Art from PBS. It's yeah. all early 90s, right? Yeah. And the hot spot of the sightings is like late 80s through the early 90s. Mm-hmm. Sightings do kind of continue off and on yeah. frequently throughout the 90s, but not just on Bray Road. Right. Right. And- and that's what Linda talks about, like, corresponding with these effigy mounds. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all southern Wisconsin. Right. All around. Yeah. And and so there are tons and tons of these supposed sightings of something yeah. similar to the Beast of Bray Road all around these different locations. Um, with Elkhorn definitely being the hottest spot mm-hmm. for the sightings. And, and Bray Road specifically. Yeah. Um, so, to fast forward to, like, the late... Let's see here. Not the late 90s. The early 2000s, Linda publishes her book. Um, It starts to kind of do the paranormal circuit, which we're all familiar with at this point in time. Oh, yeah. Um, Which, again, opens that old can of worms of you published a book, you do speaking gigs, like you're making a career out of it. Okay. You have a vested interest in people's interest in this. Yeah. You Um, have a bias. A little bit. You have a bias. So you're no longer necessarily i mean and this is where the area always gets gray for me right you're benefiting financially off of people's interest in it that's not intrinsically bad no um if you're you prov- just be passionate yeah. about it you and know. you can share your opinion about it and you can share the interviews and you can share you know as long as you're sharing that this is conjecture yeah right 
So in more recent years, when going down kind of the rabbit hole of the Expedition X and like the William Shatner (laughs) episodes, um, (laughs) there has been kind of a resurgence in Bray Road Beast interest Mm -hmm. and like a slew of films, right? So there was a legitimate horror movie that came out and it it has a terrible rating on rotten tomatoes it's got like you can watch it in its entirety on youtube for free bt does (laughs) and and it is called the beast of bray road and it's from 2005 yeah not to be confused with the bray road beast presented by Mm. small town monsters from 2018 Mm. which is a quote-unquote documentary okay yeah so with with like um reenactments my favorite I love reenactments. reenactments of people flopping around in a canoe for three hours <laughs> <laughs> doing their own reenactment yes. um that so, had the overlay commentary oh god <laughs> yes but this uh this 2018 documentary kind of came from this sighting that was reported by a person named danny morgan in 2018 and it was this notorious photo that started circling around the internet. Now, um, it has become widely known that Danny Morgan no longer speaks to the press or can be reached for comment related to this photo, which makes people go, hmm, maybe this was a fake. Um, So I had not seen the photo (laughs) until season three, episode one. Uh, I think, I believe it's called American Werewolf of Expedition X, where Josh Gates and his... uh, team jessica and oh my god i'm blanking on the other guy's name pete no phil (laughs) (laughs) phil torres um so jessica is like the supernatural like she's paranormal investigator she believes everything she's had experiences and good old phil's out here and he's like i'm a field biologist (laughs) and he's like i study animals i need data and i'm like all right right." uh, fox and scully do right again it's kind of a trope yeah which i'm here for so they they need each other. It's in the a balance. World. <laughs> yeah. It's a balance. So you know they go to Elkhorn and they're doing their thing. But before they go, they always have the classic paranormal show debrief. Right? <laughs> this is how in Finding Bigfoot we're in a car, we're driving there, we're talking about how it's not as squatchy as where we're from. Right. You know, sounds pretty squatchy. But in these shows, they're like, here's the evidence that wants us to go. We need to look at this. Look at this intriguing photo. <laughs> Here it is, bro. Here it is. Which we will also post. Really? I cannot with that photo. I look at this. Okay, first of all, <laughs> describe it, please. All right. This is what it is. This is not this is not speculation, okay? This is what it is. Somebody got their hands on a taxidermied gray wolf, right? And yeah. or is a taxidermist or whatever. And right. also, if you're not familiar with gag taxidermy, it has been going on for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. Yeah. People have been taxidermying frogs, like mm-hmm. a five-piece band, uh, hamsters that are, you know, playing rugby. Oh, yeah. This is a... No- people this- collect these People things. do this. Yeah. You know, raccoons with great smiles <laughs> yes. on their faces. Um, so this is a... This is a taxidermied gray wolf. A hundred percent. That has been posed up on its hind legs with its mouth open. Um, you can actually see that there's like a patch of it where the fur is shaved off. And then the front legs, 
they attempted to make look so they it, it, they it almost looks like they broke some joints to get the legs to articulate like human arms they're so small and they're tiny and they're also small. they've been small. <laughs> yeah. they've been stripped of their flesh so there's just bones there's just bones it's like a weird zombie yeah. taxidermy <laughs> It looks like someone took a plastic Halloween skeleton and then put a wolf skin over it and then just like put bendy elastic in its legs and then posted like it on the side of the road. The and then they drove by it like, ah! Yeah. <laughs> Let's get it in an action shot. I mean, for real. It's goofy looking. It's, it's bonkers. Goofy. Like, and then, like, I don't know. I don't, you know. I don't pay attention from year to year what the weather is like, right? But like this apparently this photo was taken in Spring Prairie, Wisconsin on January 27th of 2018. January. Look at this photo. I don't see any there's grass. I mean there is a live and, grass. And, and we have I mean, winters where you roll around, you're like, there's still no snow, you know, like but But it don't look like that. Not really. No. So it's sus. I mean, in like that maybe looks like early fall time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fuck out of here. Right. <laughs> so this is the intriguing photo. I mean, no, man. I mean, I'm intrigued if there there was like a behind the scenes for them doing I that. Mean, I bet it would be hilarious. This gives me cocaine bear vibes. Like <laughs> if that's on someone's trail cam somewhere. Like right. That. I mean, amazing. Um, I would amazing. see it. I would. If someone ever finds this in a warehouse somewhere, it needs to go in like oh. a museum as as an an excellent paranormal artifact. Because please DM is, us that footage oh, as well. Do. If you please. find it in <laughs> in Spring Prairie, Wisconsin, yes. you better let us know. Um, but apparently, this is the intriguing photo, <laughs> yes. and this photo gets published. Um, and and there's an article that comes out, and it's titled. Uh, it came out in 2020. It's titled, Man Says He Saw Beast of Bray Road in Lyons, which is a, another community mm-hmm. near Elkhorn. Um, and this one talks about a resident of Lake Geneva named Ron Rice, who claims that he saw the Bray Road Beast twice uh, from 150 feet away. Now, this isn't the only eyewitness account that very specifically says from 150 feet away. Uh you might remember a uh, Mr. Lee Hample from mm-hmm. Expedition X, who is a landowner adjacent to Bray Road, who claims to have seen a glowing pair of orange-red eyes on an amorphous black shape that moved incredibly fast at 150 feet away from him. Here's what I propose to you, my friend. When the weather gets better, mm. I know a local trail. <gasps> we're going to go on that trail, and we're going to measure out 150 feet. We're yes. going to go there in broad daylight, and I want to see how much one of us can see because Mr. Ron Rice said at 150 feet away, he saw a gray brown, huge, approximately seven feet tall creature on yeah. the side of the road that then ran off the side of the road. And then he just happened to see it again. Both <laughs> of this occurred in broad daylight. Hmm. Mr. Lee Hample tells the Expedition X team that he saw his creature 150 feet away from him. In darkness. In darkness? And the only reason he saw it was because of his headlights 
and all he could really make out was the pair of orange-red eyes on the amorphous black shape that moved incredibly fast. Do you think people just don't know how far 150 feet away is? I strongly believe people don't know how far 150 feet is. (laughs) Or they're (sighs) lying. Um, And then there's the whole glowing eyes thing, right? Right. Where it's like, that could just be reflectiveness of either headlights or just the moon, you know. And most people are familiar with the concept of eye shine, right? If you own a pet, Mm -hmm. you know what eye shine is. You've seen it. So, and, and... in the Expedition X episode, they make fun of poor Phil Torres because he says, well, the animal's tapita lucidum would definitely shine. And they're like, tapita what? Is that a Harry Potter spell? Tapita lucidum? <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, leave Phil alone. The tapita lucidum is a legitimate thing in animals' eyes. It's what causes the eye shine. Yeah. Different animals have different color eye shine. Okay. So, you know, like, for example, deer have mm. green eye shine. Yep. Um terrifying alligators have red eye shine you know so there's i don't like that yeah different animals have different color eye shine um so are is sheep's red too i would have to look it up i think it might be because i might be making that up in my mind yeah we can go and look through and see we know what color eye shine do bear wolves etc do they all have but deer 100 percent green yeah um you flash the flashlight when i let monster out at night you see those little green eyes the green eyes like ah not right not right now <laughs> and it's scary oh yeah you see just two little glowing orbs and and in that expedition x episode uh they do their little you know classic paranormal investigation oh yeah and uh they find people that are like i have a picture of a track you know and here's the track right and they show the track and you know how i feel some type of way about footprint evidence right yeah so i was like here's the thing uh footprint evidence can so easily be faked on oh, every yeah. conceivable and so they find this track and it looks canid right okay. like it could be canid but it's got a funky weird fifth toe it's right <laughs> oh, yeah and it and then it has like a strange additional middle pad which is not present in any known animal that i have mm. ever seen a track of it looks to me like an animal if an animal did indeed make this track yeah that the animal put its foot down picked its foot up and set its foot down again, but uh, not exactly in the same spot. Gotcha. That, to me, looks like the clearest explanation. So that's the image of the track they're shown, right? There's okay. this big, freaky track. Yeah. While they're out doing their, quote-unquote, investigation, which they're doing. They're setting up trail cams. They have a thermal camera. They yeah. have a heat-sensing seek- like heat sensing drone. They have... Oh, this is not like, I'm going to hit this tree. Ooh! You know, like, that's not <laughs> what's <laughs> happening. <laughs> That's We're not, talking high production right. here. Yeah, there's yeah. more, a little, a little more effort. Yeah, right. So uh, Miss Jessica goes out on her own while the other two are setting up trail cams, and she sees some eye shine off in the woods, and they're recording it. It's on camera. You can see it now. Their their camera is in night vision, which means you're not going to pick up any pigment. Right. It's right. all going to be just high contrast, and all of the highlights look green because yeah. it's in night vision. So the eye shine to us, the viewer, is green. Okay. And she is saying it's not green. You can see on your camera, it probably looks green. It's not green. She says it's orange red. And it's looking at her and she's like, do you see that? Do you see that? And then it disappears. Like gone. And she starts freaking out because imagine 
you're, you know, on this, and she's kind of on the side of Bray Road, right? Yeah. And she's looking off into the woods and she's got a camera guy with her. She's not filming it herself. And <laughs> yeah, I'm like, huh, you know, so I'm, I'm trying to put myself in her shoes, right? So like, whatever it is, yeah, whatever it is. And for me in life, humans are by far a greater concern than any animal slash hybrid slash mutant thing especially in wisconsin wisconsin the murderous okay. looking at you oh my god I'm gonna get <laughs> turned in, gonna get turned <laughs> into a lampshade <laughs> oh my god that's a lampshade <laughs> no. <laughs> that's a different podcast if you don't know who that is kids don't look him up i was gonna say no just, <laughs> just let it be a mystery <laughs> skip right over it yes. um oh god wisconsin so, so things to fear <sighs> yeah oh, everywhere um so you, two big eyes are looking at you right now Right away, when I saw the eye shine, I was I was a little sus. I was like, okay, first of all, we've all seen, most of us have seen animal eye shine, right? Yeah. It's not like a solid circle. Like, no. you know in Star Wars, when you look at the Jawas <laughs> and they have their little orange eyes that yeah. are just the glowy orbs, right? Natural eye shine doesn't no. look like that. It's kind of a moving yeah. thing. And it, depending upon where your light is and how it's reflecting, yeah. it's going it to look like different. Full lava lampy. Yeah. So whatever this is, it it looks. The eyes look more like a Jawa, right? They're just these circles, and they're whatever it is. Also, they're directly on the front of its face. It's not on the side of the face like a deer or an elk. Okay. It's on the front of the face. Okay. Um, and so there, that kind of reduces if it's an animal. It reduces yeah. what it is. Uh, it's not a person um, because we don't have a tapeta lucidum. No. And so, you know, sometimes like if you get photos and you get eye shine in photos and stuff, yeah. um, it's like a phenomena of the flash right. reflecting yep. the back of your retina. But a tapeta lucidum is different. Um, it's something humans lack, essentially. Mm -hmm. um, unless you're Vin Diesel in the Chronicles of Riddick. <laughs> I was like, that's what you picked in space prison, Vin Diesel? A tap at a lucidum? I just pictured him in the woods. <laughs> Family. <laughs> you hear a car engine start. <laughs> what do we do, Tom? This is about family. Wiz Khalifa starts playing. <laughs> She's like, we gotta get out of here, man. <laughs> that would be low-key terrifying. It would be awful. He just pops up. Anytime oh. Vin Diesel just randomly pops up somewhere, you should be afraid. <laughs> I would hope you would see the moonlight reflecting off that shiny dome. You would, oh, one would think, God, I mean, it always she looks probably, very shy. She probably towered over him. He was really there oh, anyway. So. Bless him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so it disappears. It disappears. And if it was me and I was like dead ass looking at something in the eyes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden the eyes are gone. Scary. My immediate reaction would be to leave. Again, you know, the podcast is kind of make, you know, I'm exposing myself as possibly terrified <laughs> of everything. But like. Yeah. I can't clock where it is. Right. I'm not going to be like, let's go in after it, no. you know? So 
I'm being Steven. I'm going to go call the police. (laughs) Call the cops, right? The most legitimate response. So something was there, something that moved, whether that was an animal, a person with something that they were holding up um, to make it look like there was eye shine. Um, Who knows what it was, but there was something there. Again, you have to rely on the fact that hopefully this show is not faked Right. Right. Which it it certainly could be. Um, It would suck if if it was fake. I mean, it's a PA in the woods. Yeah. You know, because like, again, I'm a fan of Josh Gates. So like, does he stretch the bounds of reality for some of his shows? A little bit. But we're not talking forensic geologists. We're talking. (laughs) Let's entertain the idea that other people have working hypotheses. Um, never have I watched an episode of his show where at the end he's like, or, or like where, where information is found and like facts are presented where he goes, now that's all Sasquatch hairs test is human (laughs) uncle Doug. No, (laughs) never has that occurred. Right. So during this episode, uh, at some point in time, you know, they've set up trail cams, they use this drone to kind of fly over and they do pick up some heat signatures with their thermal camera. So there's an animal of some kind, animal or person, right? So they have the footage from this thermal camera and you can see that there's something with a heat signature moving in the woods. And you can also see that whatever it is, is walking upright. I don't like that. No. Um, so it's either a human or a monster. It's <laughs> and it Or was, a human monster. <laughs> yeah. Um, it was definitely not a bear. You know, like, it was not a bear. Because um, they're not doing that, like, for an extended no, period of time. No, and they'll stand up. If they're concerned, you know, yeah. they will stand up in the woods for an extended period of time and stare at you. But they're not, like, posting up, like, walking around in no, the woods. No, very rarely. I mean, there, the is, there is that viral YouTube video of that black bear yeah. just kind of marching along. But, like, regular in the wild black bears yeah. will, will stand up when they are concerned. Mm-hmm about something and want to see what it is or can't see what it is yeah. or if they're threatened uh they will stand up to look bigger and more mm-hmm. terrifying or they're scratching their back yep, in the tree which they something. do <laughs> yeah the thermal image of this is not an animal that is like standing still it is something that is moving quickly i don't like that it's not <laughs> the, it, the thermal image is actually not comforting it was some thermal imaging that i was watching going huh like and compelling. rarely, rarely when I watch these shows, do I ever go, huh, all right. And that was one of those moments. Creepy. The, the eye shine was legitimately creepy mm-hmm. because regardless of what it ended up being, there was something that was filmed that moved. Yeah. So fake or not, creepy. Weird. That couldn't be identified. Couldn't be identified. Yeah. The thermal image was was kind of I like shook it right yeah. i was like whoa 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 <laughs> yeah that's weird um then they do come across some footprints in a field right like they're out there they're running through this area they're looking at the field and the person that finds the footprints in this show mm-hmm. is josh gates okay and so he he's like okay everybody we've got tracks yeah like don't step on them don't touch them they actually take a LIDAR image of it to make a 3D model of it. Okay. And so I'm looking at this track, and the very first thing that I notice when I'm looking at the track is that there's no claw marks, and that 
the way I can see it and from the LIDAR image that they take, it looks to me like there's four topaz. And they say they can see a weird fifth one. I personally can't see it. Um, Could it be like a dew? Maybe. Like that overgrown or something? That if it was like if it was not a as domestic if it was a domestic dog, I could see it. But the placement of it was on like the outside. Oh. Like okay. a it bear. Wasn't. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where a bear would have that fifth toe on the outside. But the the shape of the foot and the toe pads to me reminded me of a big cat. Um, and there's no evidence of claws in this picture, which is, again, standard, not a dog, it's a cat. Yeah. Um, they kind of come up with this working hypothesis that, oh, it could be canid, we can't really tell, it's not very clear. And I'm like, all right, fine, it's a track. Again, yeah. I don't hold a lot of stock in these quote-unquote weird tracks, right? Yeah. Um, so then, as they're exploring the area, they use this drone to try to get some thermal imagery from the sky. And so Phil Torres sends this drone up and sends Miss Jessica out. And you can see her on the thermal camera. And then you can see something else in the woods. Like, here she is, clearly. And he's like, there's there's something like 50 yards away from you. And it's yeah. booking. I mean, it's moving. Oh, like, God. real fast. Um. And I get a little bit of Finding Bigfoot vibes because there's a lot of cracking, crunching. Uh, yeah. um, sometimes it's when the team is split up. So I'm like, no, no, dog, you're here and Miss Jessica <gasps> crunching right. through the woods. Right. You're all mic'd up with yeah. each other, I imagine, as well. Um, but there is a time where all of them are together. Okay. And there's some pretty substantially loud sounds. Again, when you're in the forest at night, all branches breaking sound terrifying. Oh, yeah. They sound so... If you can't see what made the noise, it's going to freak you out. And, I mean, even the smallest snap of a twig in the woods in the middle of the night... It could be a squirrel. Oh, (laughs) like... (laughs) I have have had the shit scared out of me. No joke, a dwarf rabbit. (laughs) I was in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, Actually... Not quite the Northwest. I had we had road tripped to Malheur. Mm. Beautiful. We were camping, friend and I, and I had to go. Of course, middle of the night. And you're like, oh crap! I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> right. And it was a campground, so it happened to have like a bathroom. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I'll just take my take my flashlight. I'll go out there. Yeah. And I went out there, and I was like, wow, this is like a dark sky haven in Malheur. Mm. So like, legitimate first time I had ever legitimately seen the Milky Way. And I was entranced. Like, I I just couldn't function. I was like, this is the most stunning. And there was, like, a concrete picnic table. And I'm like, I'm just going to lay on this. I live here now. Yep, this is <laughs> yeah. my home now. Yeah. And I'm laying on this table, and then I hear a sound. Oh, God. And I'm like, what, what is that? And there there are very large mule deer there. And, like, oh, I yeah. had seen the deer. And I'm like, oh, my God, those deer are really big. Like, if yeah. it comes out of the grass... They get wily sometimes. Yeah, too. and I hear and see hands. And, yeah, <laughs> and I had already been jump scared by a tree frog that like flew. He's <laughs> like, I'm over it today. I'm just trying to admire the stars. I was just trying to pee, man. And I went to the bathroom and I opened the door and this frog was like, <laughs> oh, and I was like, oh my God. Just, just Fultron. Oh. Escape. <laughs> Freedom. Yeah. I'm like, no, man. And so I had already, I was like on edge. I'm like, I'm just going to chill with the Milky Way. And I'm laying on this table and I hear rustling, right? Like, I'm like what is it? And then sticks are breaking. And I'm like, oh. oh, my God. And at this point, I'm like, okay, what do I do? Do I freeze? Right. Do I stay still? What is it? 
And then it's getting louder and oh. louder. And I'm starting to be like freaking out, right? And I'm sweating. <laughs> yep. And and out of this dry grass hops the tiniest <laughs> bunny I've ever seen. I mean, it was like it was like the size of a softball, right? Just like and a little it, poof. It just like burp, pops out and it just sits there and it's like. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Really? Turns out there's a species of dwarf rabbit there. Oh. And I was like, terrified. I want to look at the stars, too, (laughs) (laughs) while I eat some sweet grass. (laughs) Hey, what's up, mate? I'm like, okay, all right. Well, that was terrifying. Um, So, case in point, all animals can sound terrifying. And I also have legitimately been in the woods when I thought I was going to die from an animal because I was birding, like you Mm. do. Uh, But I was in a boreal forest, and I was in, like, two miles in. So I had bushwhacked in through a sphagnum bog. And throughout the whole bog, there had there had been moose prints, like huge oh, moose prints. The worst thing you want to run into. Yeah, but I'm like, oh crap, okay. And I I was like, all right, there, there's moose in here. You have to be very careful if you're not from uh, the North Country. You don't realize how dangerous a moose can be until you're in proximity with one and you have no protection. Oh, way rather want to run into a bear. I would much rather run day. into a black bear than a moose any, any day. day. Yep, any day. And so I knew it was in there and I hadn't heard anything and I had stopped because I was looking for owls and um, I had stopped and it was daytime. So I was looking for great grays and I had stopped and I was like looking and listening and like breathing in the glorious sphagnum moss. And then it sounded like a small truck was driving through the woods and I knew immediately what it was. And I was like, that is a moose. I need to make a decision. And yeah. so I was pretty close to a large tree and I just like plastered myself mm-hmm. against the tree and it never came within my line of sight, but it was so loud. I mean, sweat was like pouring oh. off me and I waited for like 35 minutes oh after it was God. gone before I felt comfortable moving because I was like, I have no idea where it is. No, no idea where it is. They will hunt you. Oh my God. Like, no. And I was like, if it's a bull moose... Or no. a mama with a calf because That's it was that danger. right season. Mm-hmm. I was like, I could die out here. Yeah. And I'm going to turn into a bog body. <laughs> no one's going <laughs> to find me. <laughs> They'll find me in 500 years and I'll have my binoculars and like my transports, oh, no. you know. <laughs> and they'll be like, look at this ancient human. Oh, God. Oh, yep. Oh. So the moral of the story is all animals can be terrifying in the right setting oh yeah when you don't know what you're dealing with so like putting myself in miss jessica's shoes in this episode i was like no i absolutely would have been like scare the shit out of me right Mm -hmm. so as they're using this thermal drone to get this image and they're trying to find it they never actually see it but they kind of like chase down the path that they can see it on the drone the problem was there was residual heat signatures from the day like in the trees. The trees themselves were warmer than the ground. Oh, I see. So the trees essentially became like thermal cover for this animal, which, okay, there's nothing you can really yeah. do about that. Um, however, they kind of ran where where they thought it was, and then they found stuck to the side of a tree a clump of hair. And I saw it, and I was like, it looks kind of coarse. I mean, it could be deer fur. Yeah. Um, they also had found some scratch marks on a tree up pretty high. Okay. So they gathered up this fur and they yeah. sent it in and it came back gray wolf. Oh, shit. And so legitimately, the gray wolf. And they were like, okay. there's, you know, okay, we found we found large canid tracks. We found fur. We, we haven't found yeah. any scat, but we know there's a large quantity of deer here and elk here. Yeah. And there are documented sightings of gray wolf here. 
Yeah. So, okay, we probably saw a gray wolf. Yeah. Um, at the end of the episode of this show, spoilers, <laughs> uh, they come to the conclusion that most likely what they were chasing when they were hunting this beast uh, ended up being a gray wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the whole concept of the Beast of Bray Road being a giant mutated bone armed werewolf <laughs> is a little bit out of my realm of belief but like i'm sure people i mean and, and if you're driving on a farm road at one in the morning yeah. and you see a large canid who's just standing on the side of the road and then pieces out suddenly right you know there's gonna be you're gonna be like holy crap and I've had that experience. You're driving at night and an animal is on the side of the road oh, that yeah. sees you and it either bolts across or it turns mm-hmm. around and runs the other way. Mm-hmm. And it's never not shocking. Oh, no. W- when we were driving back from North Carolina one time, we were coming up through Wisconsin mm-hmm. and we saw a mountain lion by a sign and its head almost came up to the sign. It was like a railroad crossing sign. And you're like, That's holy how crap. tall it was. Mm-hmm. It was sitting down. And me and Joel were like, we had been driving mm-hmm. for like 17 hours. We were like, we just kind of sh- like silently like, looked at each other. Because just... it was just sitting there and then ran. And we we're like, did you see that? And we we're yeah. like, was that a fu- That was a mountain lion. Yeah. Like humongous. And your brain doesn't register what you're no. seeing. And it's just like shocking to see them. Yeah. And if you're not from a place that has like large, quote unquote, charismatic megafauna, um, <laughs> then it's not, your brain is just not prepared no. to see, even like a bear. If you're from mm-hmm. the metro area, a bear is a shocking thing to oh, see. Yeah. Like we talked about that in the Sasquatch episode. Like, oh yeah. If I came around the corner of my garage and there was a black bear in my garbage can, it would take me a hot second to be like, well, that's a bear. Oh, my God, that's a bear. And then you just peace out, right? Because you're like, okie doke, I'll deal with that later. It wouldn't be to run towards the rippling back muscles. You know, I still can't get over it. I'm never going to get over it. So, you know, in conclusion, I, I personally do think that people are seeing animals mm-hmm. i don't think it's a beast you don't think it's like a hybrid mutant wolf man thing how do you feel about like if something were to be like a, a mutant type or like a weird like breeding scenario you mean like maybe like a wolf with a weird mutation had a baby with another, you know, and like it kept, ha- and there's like sure. a weird subfamily of wolves in Wisconsin that might be huge or. Okay. Let's um, break that down. You know, have maybe different characteristics. Okay. Because so, the wolves they're describing too are all like dark brown. Right. The more I s- saw the knot were like dark and long hair. Yeah. And then I've saw, I saw a mixture of descriptions where um, the, the eyewitness accounts that came up over and over were like brown and gray, brown and gray, mm. brown and gray. All right. Uh, brown and gray are both legitimate uh frequent colors for gray wolves um most people don't realize in the summer when gray wolves shed out their winter coat majority Mm -hmm. of them appear more brown right and so wolves that all winter looked really white or gray or light or whatever they look brown Mm -hmm. um as far as like something that was bred with something else uh that happens wolf dogs are a thing right? right so 
wolf dogs do exist. People do intentionally breed them. Um, I grew up with not my, my immediate neighbor, but in our neighborhood, in, in your old hood, mm-hmm. uh, there was a person by my old elementary school that had two wolf dogs and mm-hmm. got into issues all the time because they, they had no business. No, no, they're not domesticatable. And no. also they are incredibly talented at escaping. Yeah. And, and so, and, and they were gigantic. They were bigger than, I mean, with the exception of like a large breed dog, you know, mm-hmm. like a Pyrenees or something or like yeah. an elk hound. Uh, it was a huge, huge animal. Oh, its yeah. head was gigantic. It um, was that long, yep. long snout. And I remember as a kid, because I had to walk by this guy's house to go home from my first elementary school. Uh, it didn't bark ever. It just stared at you. um and i was like intelligence oh my god uh so okay wolf dogs exist we know that gray wolves exist we know that uh regular dogs exist coyotes exist um people have made some really interesting creatures from other creatures the first one that pops into mind that almost everyone will be aware of is a liger which is a lion Mm -hmm. and a tiger mixed together which makes a huge ass yeah. giant cat. Like 900 pounds. Yep. <laughs> like, um, humongous. Personal uh, spicy opinion. That's a terrible thing to do because. Oh, they have horrific health issues. Horrific. Horrific. Um, again, f- flashback to our reptile episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is a practice that occurs in the reptile hobby. Mm-hmm. Um The one that pops into my head, and I might get shade for this, but there's a lot of hybrids that are being made that don't occur in nature and Mm -hmm. just because animals can reproduce does Mm -hmm. not mean that they necessarily should reproduce and sometimes the results are fine sometimes the results are highly catastrophic right and we don't always necessarily know the consequences of those actions until several generations down the road so there are some snake species, like the Borneo bat eater, for example, which is a mixture of two pythons that would never reproduce in the wild. Uh-huh. Um, they are a pretty stable hybrid. But again, uh, can that hybrid reproduce on mm-hmm. its own? Or is it like, you know, a mule that can't right. reproduce? So it's an interesting thing. If any kind of like secret unknown breed of wolf existing in southern wisconsin that's a hard pass for me um my thought now is like especially you're you know you have minnesota dog man michigan dog man you know it's it's prevalent mm -hmm. up here what also is prevalent is a lot of people having private big animals that they shouldn't oh yeah Lots of exotic animals being owned by people that shouldn't own them. Oh, yeah. All over the place. I'm wondering if maybe that's some type of scenario. Yeah, that's some totally type possible. Of liger situation, but wolf, wolf dog. Yeah. Maybe situation. Yeah, that that's got possible. out. Um, or maybe lives on someone's farm and escapes sometime as they're one to do. Yeah, and they you tend know. to blame, of course, and if there's any kind of like livestock death um, or pets that go missing or anything like that Mm -hmm. Um, in several of these quote-unquote documentaries or interviews they show uh, there's this image of this deer that has been mutilated they claim 
they were like a large predator did this and i was like i looked at the commodore and i was like what do you see in this and i paused it like and he hadn't been watching the episode and i was like come here come here you grew up <laughs> in a in a family with a strong hunting culture yeah um what do you see here and he's like i see a deer that has been badly butchered <laughs> and i was like yeah but you can clearly see that this deer's front quarters have been removed with a knife uh, like there's uh, it's cleanly cut man. um it's not done well but it's straight lines removing this flesh of this poor deer now uh i've seen deer kills done by by large carnivores uh, yeah. They don't ever look like that. No. No. Um, no. So I was like, all right, that's that's bullshit. Um, but people are complaining about their chickens disappearing. And, you know, and, and in Wisconsin, gray wolves, like in a lot of other states, are not loved. So. Yeah. Um, it's the dairy land. It is, right? Yeah. Um, We're eradicated yeah. almost and, in Wisconsin. And, we are in kind of a highly controversial time in the upper Midwest related to gray wolf population um, listing as far as endangered or not endangered, mm-hmm. population management, etc. I have a very I strong... Oil. Oh, God in heaven. <laughs> it goes on and on. I have a strong personal opinion about it. Um, and just in recent memory when gray wolves were delisted in Wisconsin, they had a quote unquote wolf. I always say quote unquote too much quote unquote. <laughs> they had a, it's not a quote unquote. They had a gray wolf season, a hunting season. Mm-hmm. I feel some type of way about it, but whatever. Yeah. Um, they went well over the limit. There was no regulation or management. The state was not prepared they took over a hundred additional individuals out of a population of apex predators, which do not reproduce at the speed of the deer. That They're so no. worried that the wolves are decimating. By the way, the wolves are not decimating the deer in Wisconsin. No. The deer are decimating the deer in Wisconsin <laughs> because we, the humans, decided it would be a great idea to have white-tailed deer farms. And the white-tailed deer farms have caused an artificial quantity of white-tailed deer to live together, causing the spread of a notorious prion disease called chronic wasting. When is the last time you saw a deer around here that looks normal? That looks, like, healthy? Yeah, and this time of year, they're all not looking too good, but... Everyone I've seen looks so, like... Ragged, man. What out of I Am Legend, like... (laughs) (laughs) Like, they all... (laughs) I was like, what's wrong with your butt? Yeah. Like, what's happening? What has happened to you? Yeah, it's a long winter. A little like end yeah. of the world vibes. Yeah. So, I mean, you can blame all kinds of ecological disasters on supernatural beings, but at the end of the day, <laughs> we are responsible for the mess that's occurring yeah. in northern with central Wisconsin. Uh, there are too many deer here, mm. and uh, the deer need to be m- removed. Now, we have a lot of farmers, a lot of farmland, a lot of livestock. Mm. Whenever there's a lot of livestock, you're going to have conflict with predators. It's common. A yeah. lot of states have um, reparation programs where they mm. pay farmers to reimburse them for the loss of their livestock. Um, some states even go as far as to try to come up with like uh, mitigation Mm-hmm. processes to prevent the predators from moving into the land and taking taking the livestock so it's just part of living in a place where there are large predators yeah. um and again 
historically Wisconsin's way of handling it prior to wildlife management was to eradicate them. Yeah, uh, not that great. D- didn't go great because wolves are an essential component of the natural ecosystem. Oh, yeah. So when you remove the top member of the food chain, the next thing thrives yep. too much <laughs> until chronic wasting, tick-borne yeah. illness, oh, um, the Lyme disease of it all. Oh God! So it's again. We're, del- we're, yeah. we're going down a weird <laughs> ecological rabbit hole here. Uh, biologist Phil Torres would be proud. Um, <laughs> but I don't think there's any kind of evidence supporting that any additional unknown, like, mutated or hybrid canine of, of more than, like, mm-hmm. I think it's entirely possible that, like, an individual of some kind of unknown weird mixture existed. Right. Um, but, like, anything that regularly exists from let's say 1936 <laughs> up through 2023 no right no not in my opinion yeah because i mean even to like in michigan there the first accounts of that stuff goes back to like 1880s well and werewolf and sightings too. are a big part oh, of wait, that European... goes back to fucking gilgamesh right. werewolf yeah. stuff you know and and immigrants that moved over here european immigrants that moved over oh, yeah. here brought that folklore mm-hmm. with them um and there are other um, mythologies and folklores that already existed on the North American continent from the indigenous individuals that mm-hmm. lived here. So it's not a new story. No. Right? And you brought up an interesting point when we were getting ready to record today talking about um, witch trials. Oh, yeah. And the fact that witch trials weren't the only trials Which that occurred. I wasn't super aware of to where okay so you have witch trials and stuff going on there were also thousands of werewolf trials and i didn't know that there was that extent of it of like concern about werewolves i didn't either so we're talking like high middle ages during Mm -hmm. the the trials and stuff thousands were accused tried tortured and executed for allegedly being werewolves and you, uh, you highlighted to me that there were some certain individuals. Oh, some telltale signs. <laughs> we hate to say it, but Europe wasn't a big fan of the gingers. They re- the red hair of oh it all. Oh my God. No, to blame- werewolf. Yeah, to bl- oh, they have red hair? Werewolf. Yeah. Eyebrows that connected? Werewolf. What? That was it? Right? Where I'm like, they didn't have tweezers or a waxing gown. <laughs> How were they supposed to deal with that right. back then, man? I was like, I might have trouble in that scenario. Uh, we were born with fur. Okay, we would, we were dead before I, we got out I of the nursery. I come from a hairy people. <laughs> um, rougher hairy palms. Which, oh, well, mm. the Bible doesn't like that anyway. No, Mm-mm. so they just changed their tune a little on that, but uh-huh. kept kept it around. <laughs> um, or just genuinely being an outcast. <laughs> it's like if you're just like a a sketchy werewolf. <laughs> that lives on the side of town werewolf because they were used as scapegoats again for dead livestock right or just societal ills my farm failed and your farm looks better you're a werewolf Mm -hmm. i'm going to accuse you right but it's just all that hysteria and everything around it or surrounding it so with like you know Someone goes missing. Someone did a murder. Uh-huh. He was a cannibal and a werewolf, and it was him. Twas not I who yeah. killed the man. <laughs> and it made him into yeah. a lampshade. Oh, yeah. Ed Gein. But, oh. <laughs> That's such a, such a deep world. So bad. <laughs> Terrible. But 
A lot of this, like the witch trials, blown out of proportion a lot to ergot poisoning. Again with the ergot, which mm. I was I, I'm like, gonna have <gasps> to go in on a on a very uh, a deep dive on that one at some point because it's people were tripping balls on moldy bread. I mean, and being like, I saw Wolfman, <laughs> <laughs> I seen it, and just <laughs> like he done killed my sheep, and. That it's just people were tortured because of these things. And it's so bananas to me that looking back on it, there's just villages. And Joel was talking about this too, similar to the runestone where it's Mm -hmm. like, you got a farmer. He's farming away, you know, especially in areas like up here, six months out of the year, whatever. Winter times, you don't got a lot to do. No. Pretty quiet. You're tripping balls on holy (laughs) bread. You know? You gotta find some entertainment, as it were. And there were there were so many things in Europe, especially there were different different ways. It it talked about the the video I was watching. People would become werewolves. There were a couple of French men around the the Middle Ages who claimed to have made a deal with the devil, and then would rub enchanted ointment on themselves. I had heard of the ointments. Yes. I had heard of the ointments. To remind myself of that. Yeah. I did a little equation here. Frenchman plus devil plus ointment (laughs) equals werewolves. (laughs) I feel like that's some solid math. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Um, um, Was there also like a belt or like a a pelt myth where yes. they would put on this this pelt and and that goes back into um like Norse mythology okay and stuff where it's like they would wear the pelts and then for 10 days they would become oh like, like berserker style yeah. oh yeah. yeah and then they eventually you know they they took them off because mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like we, we're not down with this no more and they yeah. they burn them but the the interesting part on the history of lycanthropy yeah did you do you know where that word comes from tell me in Greek mythology, it's always every it, it time. always goes back. <laughs> a corrupt king named wait, Lycian. Am I saying it right? We're gonna go with it. Let's say Lycian. There we go. Sure. Lycian <laughs> attempted to trick Zeus into eating the flesh of a slaughtered child for shame. Outraged by this barbarism, Zeus transformed Lycian and all of his kin into wolves oh this is where the word lycanthropy comes from because his story contains all the modern elements of what you would think Mm -hmm. in a werewolf immoral behavior murder Mm -hmm. and cannibalism dang yeah but it always comes from the greek every time i feel it's everything and then i went into this hole of wendigo Little Red Riding Hood, Blackfoot Legends. Oh, yeah. Louisiana has something called the Rougarou. Oh, I'm familiar with the Rougarou. Yeah. I had never heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, they take it real serious down there. And that's where the mix of Catholicism yep. gets in with that mm-hmm. as well, where someone becomes a werewolf after being bewitched or failing to observe Lent for seven years in a row. I'm in trouble. <gasps> <laughs> Um, the Catholic. Um, oh crap! 
<laughs> where and it's not to everyone Let's but this specifically can, that those were the specific things huh. i found all right and one would transform every night for 101 days before the curse is passed to another by means of biting or scratching biting or scratching and then also uh did you did you run down that hole of like if you and this 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 one came up and it, it the first time it came up in recent pop culture was actually do you watch or read Hemlock Grove? No. Um, is it called Hemlock Grove? No. I'll have to look it up. It's on, on Netflix. Maybe mm. it is called Hemlock Grove. Mm. Anyway, it's got a scars guard in it. Uh, <laughs> yes. Uh, but a, a, a character, a creature, a person can turn into a werewolf by drinking water out of the footprint. <gasps> I saw Left that. by a werewolf. Yes. And in that show slash, it's, bo- it's a book that was turned into a Netflix special s- series. Um, they lean heavily on the Romany people, mm, okay. uh, lycanthrope mythology because that does exist in like the lore and legend of the Romany people, um, formerly referred to as gypsies, yeah, uh, which is not really used anymore. Yeah. It's very problematic. Um, but the Romany people have a pretty strong, uh, again, like, uh, fear of vampirism fear of lycanthropy yeah and um like especially in eastern europe there's a a really heavy tradition of um when a loved one passes away or if a loved one had any kind of a wasting illness like tuberculosis Mm -hmm. um doing something with the body of the loved one post-death to prevent them from transmitting that illness through paranormal means like the burning of and consuming of their heart Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, the, the origin of staking to keep them in the ground, things like yeah. that, putting cages over their graves so they can't oh, claw yeah. their way out, um, being buried with silver over them so that, you know, like all these things that occurred. And so there are like so many different pathways to how people supposedly became werewolves. Oh, yeah. And the I, I had never heard that one. The drinking out of the, the footprint. Paw, which I was like, oh, that's a good one, though, it's isn't a good it? One. It's a good one. And, um, I mean, Hollywood made the bite, the yep. primary, um, and that... in the Wolfman. The, the yeah. Wolfman, yep, yeah. was the origin of that. And, again, it relied heavily on and basically taking from Romany uh, legend, lore, mm-hmm. and history and kind of made this the Hollywood stereotype of the quote-unquote gypsy woman, which yeah. is where that came from. Yeah. Um, so I just find the whole thing very fascinating. I think that people use it um nowadays it's it's become such a pop culture icon to be a werewolf it's not i mean it's in every we got twilight we got vampire diaries we got teen wolf we got i mean it goes the blood and ash series oh right which is fantastic (laughs) and i stand by (laughs) i mean it's it's just like it's everywhere it's very popular oh yeah and i love a werewolf story i mean who doesn't love a werewolf story oh it's it's so good yeah, and it's all the lore around it. Yeah, and people, you know, make it their own. They and do, stuff. but there, there are so many different instances across the world for so long mm-hmm. where it's like, hmm, where did? I wonder where it started. Well, and you again, <laughs> a deep a deep dive into lycanthropy and werewolf lore is pretty fun. If you're looking for like a paranormal topic to research and you're like, oh, I'm yeah. sick of vampirism, <laughs> switch gears, yeah. go to the wolf world because it's it's pretty cool. It's pretty yeah. fascinating. And like a lot of other mythology, there are parallels all over the world. 
Mm. In in almost every culture, there is a dog man, wolf man mm-hmm. uh, type of lore. Uh, unless I would be curious to find out if there is something like that in locations where there are no wolves. That was the the other thing I I found. So there's other were creatures across. You know, you know I love a were bear. <laughs> <laughs> Which is one across like Europe, Asia, Africa, and stuff, what about including tigers. Where panthers? I thought you were gonna say panda. <laughs> where panda? <laughs> Which would be that amazing. would not be terrifying. I mean, <laughs> I'm envisioning. I'm Just envisioning. doing somersaults and stuff. Oh, oh god! But a panther, the hokiest. Oh you watch True Blood? Yeah. Okay. True Blood did not hold up. All right. First of all, there's a lot of. Beal. Suke. Suke Stackhouse. Beal. When you no. rewatch it. Oh, God, it's terrible. I, I have recently. I, I did too. Oh, it's bad. And the ending is just awful. It's, anyway, yeah. not going to spoil it. If you haven't watched True Blood by now, get it together. Right, come on. What are you doing with your life? The hokiest, hokiest mm. creature. The Were Panther. Yeah. And again, I'm not anti Were animals. I played RPGs, okay? I loved a role-playing game. I was all about werebears. I thought they were the best (laughs) were-creature. Werebears seemed terrifying. Werewolves were scary. Giant-ass werebears seemed a lot scarier to me. It's cocaine bear. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I also have recently learned that I just love all the animals mixed with bears. If you've watched the D&D movie that just came out, Owl Bear. So anyway, (laughs) bears are great. Um... But like, where creatures? Where tigers? Tigers, hyenas. Where hyenas? Which would be so scary. Oh my god! Jaguars, bears, and where crocodiles? Where crocodiles? Nope, no, nope, nope, no. Nope. <laughs> I'm just, I'm well, picturing. I'm trying to. Just the head of a crocodile. Yeah. Because then I go like mermaid, right? So it's like, which, which half end? is the man? <laughs> I mean, traditionally the head is part of the end. But okay. Can all you right. imagine like a slithery crocodile, but it's just like a dude's face like <laughs> coming at you. Okay, that's that would be horrifying. Da- <laughs> See, I'm like, that might be scary. I mean, whether it could do less that's damage. That's why like Japanese yokai scary. legends get me because they're all Dude. creatures with a human face. No. Nah. No. no. <laughs> it's like when you see in the eyes, it's no. the sentience. I'm going, I, no. I prefer the wear crocodile with the crocodile head. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Anyways, that took an interesting turn. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's it's such a, a deep rabbit hole to go it down. It is, and it's it's fun. Yeah. It's fun to read about it. It's fun to learn about it. The myths go really deep. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very pervasive. Every pop show that references lore or mythology or whatever mm-hmm. has a werewolf character in it yeah um another recent one that has standard werewolf character in it is the show grim you oh, know yeah. vessing characters that are are wolves or you mm-hmm. know like so it's all over it's really interesting the take on it and the presentation is always fascinating mm-hmm. because i feel like kind of a jerk about being snobby about the transformation scenes when it comes to werewolves like professor lupin it ain't great okay it ain't great my most interesting one 
was Wednesday. Where it's like, I know oh. it's not a werewolf per se, but the eyes on the... What was happening I know. with that monster? I, are you talking about the hide? Yes. Oh, <laughs> that was a totally different... That was weird. That but was still, weird. Re- kind of looked like Lupin. <laughs> it kind of did. Like a I'm not a fan. Version. Yeah, yeah. You know, every franchise has their flaws. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Underworld franchise, the werewolf vampire hybrid, which was perfected in the originals. <laughs> Klaus, <laughs> let me tell you, some type of way. See, we now you Klaus. know us better than ever because yeah. now you know exactly which werewolf vampire <laughs> hybrids we love. The problematic nature of loving Klaus. <laughs> it's rough. Uh, don't I judge don't us. apologize don't, for <laughs> neither of us apologize for Klaus. No. Um, but but yeah, you know, people people do it differently. Well, and I want you goblins to send us your favorite werewolves. Yes, I really want to know what are your favorite werewolves, pop culture characters, legends, lore, um, because you know we're posting these photos from oh, yeah. this. Remember this sound? <laughs> I'm posting this. And oh, I yeah. want you to comment on what you think uh, the most interesting, fascinating, or controversial werewolf slash were creature is. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, books any anywhere oh, you're yeah. getting this from. It doesn't have to have doesn't been have to be on the screen, yeah. Because arguably, they're better in your mind sometimes. Usually, you know, when they see them, and then it's like it looks like they should have been like, Meow. <laughs> it's like, why'd you do that, Jacob? Looking at no. you. Oh. <laughs> Where you been, Loco? <laughs> he was like a ginger werewolf. He's like, what's bad. happening? Hey, what? <laughs> when he transforms the first time. No. Yeah. But we we want to know. Yeah. Absolutely. Let us know your faves. Or uh yeah, any any fun facts you might mm-hmm. know or come across also, if you decide to do your own deep dive. Have you encountered a were creature? Yes. Because, you know. Other people have. Oh, yeah. They've seen the Bray Road Beast. I've seen the Dog Man. I want to know. We won't shame you. Or a werebear. If you've seen a werebear, (laughs) you better tell me. Oh, yeah. Because I need to know immediately. Oh, yeah. And uh, feel free, you know, you got a story, send a voice note. Oh my on God. the DM, we'd be happy to play it on the show. We would love to. You can tell us if you want us to. Or not. Yes, we'll exactly. Your, pri- your privacy is important. It to matters us. to us, and we will always ask. Check with you first before sharing we will. on the pod. Thank for you for sure. And uh, until next time, goblins, you know what to do. Stay weird. Stay weird. Stay weird.